Hey guys, welcome back to the Two Cents Podcast. This is Yossi Ben Shushan. I'm here with my brother Rabbi Ari Ben Shushan. On today's episode, we are going to be discussing Chinuch Banim yet again. Probably our most responded to and commented on podcast from our first season was Chinuch Banim. So we brought it back by popular demand. Chinuch Banim number two, we're going to be discussing how to love your children. Not that you need help with that. Disciplining your children. How to instill in your children security, self-esteem, and so much more. Or at least we're going to try to stick to those topics. Later on in this episode, stay tuned for our conversation with Rav Nassanel Gans from Yad Lachem and hear how they very uniquely and innovatively help children from Arab villages come back to their roots as from Jews. Our podcast today is brought to you by Meaningful Minute and is sponsored by the ZCK Foundation and Yad Lachem. Hope you enjoy the episode, guys. Hi, everybody. This is Ari Ben-Shushan. And this is Yassi Ben-Shushan. And this is the Two Cents Podcast. Brought to you and powered by Meaningful Minute. Welcome back, everybody. Here we are, Welcome Yossi. back. Whoa. Hi- hiatus. And hiatus. This is what it looks like. Yassi, this is how what... How do you spell hiatus? Yassi. We took a hiatus. Well, nobody really knows how to spell that word. I know, but we know. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm going to tell you this. This is what the bottom of the other side of the mountain looks like. When, mm. when you traversed up to the top, have I been to the top of Mount Everest? No. But I've done no. something harder. No. I've no. gotten to the... Up and back again to the second season. Baruch Hashem winding down our last episode. I want to... I want to yell it from the top of a mountain, but I don't have a mountain. I have a podcast, so <laughs> I have a podcast. So we're so gonna yell this it from there. Last episode. Oh, wow! So look at this. Just ah, uh, uh, it's like uh, I'm gonna go to Disneyland. You know, like you get that feeling, right. Bar- Bar- Hashem, right. at, at the end of it. Because Whew. you know, we wanted to do one that we were gonna be again physically together in the same room, and right. <laughs> you know, if anybody out there right now is like, one second, that. They're not in the same room together. I mean, I'm sorry. I just gave it away. Uh, but I want to give away. I, I, I want to give away because I want to say thank you to TJ, to our videographer, to Sender. I was just about to say, Ari, you know who I feel the best for when we wrap up these things? Our videographers. They're just, you do realize our videographers, Ari, I don't know if you ever truly appreciated this, only listen to one side of this conversation. Yeah, it's the truth. <laughs> it has to be horrible. It, it, it has to be the most frustrating thing what's he saying what is the other guy <laughs> you know, talking when i about? laugh he's like what's what's like to hold back from asking me what's the what's the joke what's what's so funny it's it, it, it has is. to be difficult so a big thank you to tj a big thank you to to the to the rob to our rob sender over here and and just you know all the team the whole team there's there are people there are people involved in this the, we don't look this good normally no, there's a person who powders i just like to say to here and makeup Thank you to makeup and here. Honestly, you never showed up. You got up. away easy on this one. <laughs> you never showed up. They just, you know, we, we didn't have to really. Um, God is my barber. And uh, Baruch Hashem. But like all together, it's it, it's so exciting uh, to have got. And we're going to be talking about, um, this one's a big one. Uh, you know, save the best for last. Um, this is our second crack at Chinuch Habanim. Our second go um, and it doesn't mean uh, a second one, meaning that Chinuch is really uh, something that we're doing our whole life. It's 
Even when you don't have kids, it's still chinuch abanim. What I mean to say is, is that even after it's an empty nest and the children have left home, I mean, obviously still involved with your kids, but chinuch abanim is, we discussed this the first time, we'll probably get into it again today, is all about self-control. It's all about being godlike itself within you. It's all a concept of really demanding of ourselves to be greater people. And so I'm so happy we got to finish off with Chinuch Abanim uh, because it's really Chinuch of ourselves. It's being Machanach the way that we go about life. So last time we spoke about Simcha, yes. So it's what we got into last time. We got into the concept of Simcha. Um, what is the next step in Chinuch Abanim after we spoke about really having a joyous home? And I don't want to repeat, obviously, the last podcast, but just... Right. Our outcome, though, was is that the most important thing, Rev. Berkowitz Mamish would say that if and everything else you fall short, but this one you did good, so then don't worry, kids are malleable. They can kind of like bounce back from other things right. as long as simcha in the home is the constant, as long as right. a right. joyous nature. But that's not the only tool in the toolbox when it comes to Chanukah Bana. Of course not. So right. what, right. what? I mean, yeah, in general, in general also, you know, uh, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> Leave it to me to have a coughing fit right now. The the only the it, it it definitely isn't the only one. Also, but I think just that point I, is something I wanted to actually sit on for just a minute today, which is the idea that you know uh, um, uh, children are resilient, and you know if we mess up once, if we mess up twice, if we mess up just because, like it's part of it. It's okay. Hold Our, on one second. We're not there to you make. You said you said kids are resilient. I said they're malleable. What I don't even. Yeah, yeah. I don't want <laughs> to say anything. They're stretching. I wasn't. <laughs> Right. I was going to tell you afterwards. I was like, are you trying to stretch your right. children? <laughs> I said, man, as I'm thinking of like stretch Armstrong as a child. Stretch Armstrong. I was just going to say stretch Armstrong. Okay. So, yes. I'm they sorry. Are. Yes. You, you so, were saying. Yeah. Yeah. Children are resilient. Um, you can't stretch them. <laughs> so, PSA. Please stop tre- stretching your children. Yeah, the you can't stretch it. The uh, children are are resilient, but they're also understanding. They are children are, are are figuring out the world, and for you to be able to now not on a constant basis be apologizing, but for you to be able to overreact to something or handle something wrong and show your child not by way of apology but by way of your behavior, show them that you maybe did that wrong and now you're doing something better and now you figured out a better way to do something. That just shows them that people are fallible, that people are able to to do a tshuva, that people are able to, as opposed to creating them to be these perfectionists that are always trying to do the right thing, that are always trying to do it perfect, they're always trying to do it right, and driving themselves and everyone around them crazy. So, you know, the idea of, of this fear of always like being afraid of messing our kids up. Don't be afraid of messing your children up. Be afraid of not being the greatest version of yourself. The greatest version of yourself or a great version of yourself or a good version of yourself is going to raise those kids amazing. Be afraid of not being calm. Be afraid of not being besimcha. Then you could be afraid of those things. I I still want to tell you to be afraid of them, but but adopt being calm, right? Robert Berkowitz also always says his answer to just about everything when it comes to raising children, better to be calm. Just before you react, before you do anything, the first initial reaction to everything with the kid is be calm. Now, what do you need to do? Be calm first. Right. Right. And I'm happy you said the being calm thing because it's going to segue into Rev Berkowitz's understanding of discipline. Um, When I give a Chinuch series, uh, discipline is generally my fifth or sixth class in the series, meaning 
people and after first, second, third, after those classes, people will come over and ask, but but what about discipline? But you know, kids need discipline because have to be. Right. And I hold discipline almost to the last thing that I teach because discipline is not about you, the parent. Right. Meaning, and this is something I really wanted to get into and stress today. If you're using discipline to have a calm home, then you're doing discipline completely wrong. Then you're actually abusing the art that is discipline or the tool that is discipline. How do you have a calm home? Well, we spoke about having simcha in the home. How do you have a calm home? We'll talk about bringing up more secure children as well. There are other ways to go about it. Simcha, I think, being the most important of all of them. But discipline is literally teaching your children, and this is how Rev Berkowitz would put it, teaching your children to be accepted, normal, beautiful people in society. This is his understanding of discipline. Why would you discipline your kid? You would discipline your child because it's just unacceptable to do that. In society, it's unacceptable. You need to have derech eretz. Derech eretz, the most literal of translation, means the way of the world, the way of having societal norms. And the way that you have that is by showing self-control. So where Yossi was talking about just now, where he began down the path of self-control, discipline is showing them to master the art of self-control. It feels so much better to be in control. You have free will and you can choose good. You can choose to be in control. You can choose to be in control rather than being a crazy person and being controlled by your drives and desires. So step one, and I would tell this to the parents, and I'm telling this to everybody here, you can't tell your kid to be in control if you're not in control. It's just too much of a jump and your kid sees it as such a negative, such a contradiction of sorts in which you're telling them to be in control, but then like you're not yourself somebody who does that. So step one, right. we have to ourselves, yes, we, we, we got we got to figure out control. Yeah, I... Uh... I, I, I completely candidly, between me and you, <laughs> um, completely, you know, uh, um, yeah, candidly, I, 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 I struggle here. I do. I struggle in this, uh, I struggle in this area to, you know, to be completely, um, transparent. Okay, I, I everybody, I thank you. We're at a time, uh, <laughs> <laughs> before Yossi now spills the beans and ruins his entire career. Uh, it, that's been great. It's been a great I, season. <laughs> I, how many times have we said, you know, we're trying, we're trying to we're go trying. out with a bang. Like we want to, <laughs> I want to ruin it. I can't say the joke I said the other day, but someone said, oh, you got to be careful. This and that. I'm like, I hope, I hope that comes out. I'm fine with it. it right. uh, get me fired. Um, I, um, yeah, I, I, I sometimes think that something else is more important than keeping that calm than keeping composure than, and, and I fall into that trap also. And I get that same question you said. I get that from parents all the time when I'm dealing with them. And it's so much easier to, to talk to someone else about the, about raising their children than raising children. But I, I I get that question all the time. Like, well, then how are they ever going to? So, so I, I get yelled at, actually. Like, usually it's the the father that has a big problem with me. But where he's like, so, okay, so 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 discipline, discipline is out the window. Just let him run amok. 
Let him do whatever he wants to do. Now, usually in my in my line of work, things are actually we're not talking about a five year old that's having a temper tantrum. We're usually talking about a fifteen year old that's having a temper tantrum. But um, whatever he wants is a really funny term. People tend to subscribe their children with these major adult like desires and wants and needs and. And they feel like they're being conned by their kids a lot of times. Like, oh, so he's going to get whatever he wants then. Like, no, he's not getting whatever he wants because he doesn't want that. He, these kids, let's go with a kid who's going off to there, a kid who's acting out. I know it's not our topic today, but they don't want to do that. But they look like they're enjoying it. That's true. They do. And Rav Usher, Rav Usher Rubenstein always used to say to us, they look like they're enjoying it the way the cats look like they're enjoying the garbage in Yushalayim on a Mitzvah Shabbos. You know, yeah, they're eating and they're, they would rather somebody bring them a nice plate of beautiful food. And a, yeah, they look like they're having a party, but they're not, right? The, the famous uh, uh, example of the fish jumping out of the bowl, you know, uh, the other fish looking at him, they're like, oh, he's dancing. He's having so much fun. And like finally the old wise fish is like with the scars on his face, says, hey, two jumped out one tame. And, you know, it, it it's not fun. I was, I was, I was, uh, you know, I, he's suffocating out there. That's why he's jumping. You know, they're, they're not enjoying it. Your children are not trying to manipulate you or trying to... They're kids. They're kids. That's number one. Number two, something we said last season, but I think comes in over here, is that we have to say no, as from Jews, we have to say no to our kids so often. So often. And this is where I was saying I struggle. So often we have to say no to our kids. You have to be very careful about adding things on to that where we're trying to discipline them. So we're like, no, you can't eat that now. Or no, you can't. Why can't he? Really, why can't he? It's not, it's us, sir. It's us, sir. Because you've said no to him five times today because of things that are us, sir. So it's us, sir. It's not us, sir. It's uh, not. But you're giving it the same fervent. Urgh! You think You think at 30, at 20, this kid's going to want to eat ice cream before his, uh, what? no, he's not. So what are we really doing over there? You want to keep a semblance in the home? Now it starts to get uh, to be a matter of ego. And this is where I struggle. I get so afraid of maybe, and completely, really, honestly, I, I get so afraid of someone else knowing that I fed my kid ice cream at that point and, or that he's running amok and running wild or that he's this, that, and the other that, that I'm sitting there disciplining him on something that's not his problem. It's mine. It's my issue, not his and and I'm sitting there putting that on him. It, it's it makes me feel so bad. But our point is is that no, it's you got to get control. Or my point is you got to get control of yourself. And I and I struggle with it too. And there's no, I don't think there's anyone too far above it. You know, not me, but I'm saying above that struggle. But at the end of the day, really, is it discipline that you're really trying to instill over there, or is it a feeding of your own ego? Right. And you know, I suffer from that a lot too. You know, you can go into the chewing stuff and everything else where. You know, I'm like, well, how's he ever going to get married? No, he'll be fine, Ari. You know, and and this is only yourself, but 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 it goes, but it goes even deeper, meaning that what Rev Berkowitz explained is is that kids don't hop that they can even have control, meaning he said like when they're so much younger, they don't hop that you don't hit back. So beautiful. They don't understand so if somebody beautiful. hit me, of course I go and I hit back. If somebody did something, of course I'll call him a name back. They don't understand that there's even a concept of control. And if a parent themselves is going and kind of dressing up their own shortcomings with the excuse of discipline for their kids, 
All you're doing is showing that you don't have control and then you're not showing your children themselves what control truly looks like and when it's called for because you're losing control. If you're doing it for yourself, you're telling them to control themselves because you are uncontrollable. What they're seeing is somebody not in control and therefore Mm -hmm. you're showing them don't actually be in control, lash out. So you're trying to discipline them in the way of the world. And in truth, you're showing them you don't have to have any control. You can just go ahead and lash out because I'm big and you're small. That is completely the opposite of what discipline is trying to do. So discipline is such a interesting line to walk in which you can either be doing it perfect and showing your kids self-control because it's unacceptable or... You can yourself be losing it the whole time and actually destroying more than gaining inside your discipline matter. Hey, everybody. We're going to get back to our episode in just a moment. But right now, we are sitting with the Heliger, Rav Nisan Gans, from Yad La'achim. And it's so fun. We're talking about Chinuch. Please tell us about Chinuch. What's happening in Yad La'achim on the Chinuch angle? Wow. First of all, I have to, as always, I have to learn Musser, the Heliger. Okay. <laughs> but thank you for that. So it's very interesting you mentioned about Chinuch. What's the involvement of Chinuch Abanim? So after we rescue the Jewish women and children, we actually have a big brother and a big sister program. And the program is called Chinuch Yiladim. It's literally the name of the program that we have in Yad Lachim. Where we have children that we rescue and they come from the Arab villages and they're young children and they, they speak Arabic. They don't even speak Hebrew. And we have Avrechim and Yungalite and that's for the boys and for the women. We have you know, married women that literally come and educate the children. It's a system with over 30 to 40 Big brothers, big sisters, and really mechanic kids. That's in one aspect. And then when they're a little older and they're more educated, we put them into the yeshivas, Project Rishim. We have literally hundreds of kids a year that get put into yeshivas throughout Eitz Yisrael. So the chinuch that you spoke about is very apropos here. Incredible. Wow. That's wild. <laughs> you know, all these underpinnings, Yasi, all these underpinnings that Yan La'acham and they see a need and they go after it and they just say, okay, so I guess we're going to go yeah, it's and do like, that. It's like I started a little competition with myself to try to find out what they don't do for these people. <laughs> what is it? Do you guys not deliver milk? Like, what is it that you don't do? It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. No, yeah. And, and, you know, it's what we always talk about. You know, we make the domain of the website save a world, right? Save a world. That's what everyone should do. So how does, how does a person come from an Arab village to a whole world. That's really what it is through Chinuch, where a kid comes and he has no background, he has no education, you educate them, you learn, teach them about Torah, Yiddishkeit, Mitzvahs, then they go on to the Yeshiva system, or even if not, as long as they have a, a Jewish background, a Jewish identity, and that's literally saving the whole world, because that's what you're doing. A kid that's stuck there is never stuck there, but rescued, and that's really what we, what we need everyone's help for, to help take a child that's and amazing. bring it to the next level. So our two cents listeners, let's do this. Our two cents listeners, let's send... As many kids there. as we can. This podcast, let's send them. Go to saveaworld.org, saveaworld.org, and from over there, you donate. We'll save a world by being mechanech, all of our children. Thank you so much, Reb Nisano. Thank you for having me, and we'll see you next podcast, Mr. Ah, Bezot Hashem, back to our podcast. If you yell at your kids, if you're sitting there just yelling your head off at your kids, they get all quiet, and they get all... Because this is sort of familiar for them. They're expecting this. This is like, that's what a person does to them. When you're quiet and they're yelling or they're killing each other and you're quiet, they're going to turn to you and be like, hello, shouldn't you be yelling? Like, shouldn't you be also upset? Like, they don't understand what's going on. And when they don't understand that, it's because that's not their nature. They want to know more. They're right. like, you don't care about us. Like, that's, I, I could see why you think I don't care. 
because you think I should also be involved in this fight right. <laughs> and, and fighting for the candy too. But I, I'm not because I'm, I'm calm and I'm waiting to see who wants to work this out, who wants to be Mavater, who wants to be. And then you can work that through. Uh, and the kid feels great. A kid who's Mavater, yeah. the moment, and this is so important, Rev Berkowitz with Mamish Harp on this, the moment your kid shows self-control, you come in with the whole dancing circus. You come in just, mm-hmm. you are Mavater, doesn't it? And you say to the kid, doesn't mm-hmm. it feel good? Doesn't it feel good that you let it go? Doesn't it feel good to have a clean room? And I want to go a, a trod vitor with the clean room. Therefore, if the whole point is not to use discipline to have a calm house, it's also not to use discipline to have a clean house. So if you're not oh. using discipline, if you're not using discipline to have a clean house, then you clean up with the kids too. You know, um, you right. take. Haven't uh, this week's partial partial I don't know when this is going to come out, but you take. A kind of lesson from the rule book of the Mitzrayim, which is that they started to do the Avaidakasha with the Yidin. And, you know, yeah. it's a smart move. You say, all right, guys, we're we're cleaning up. And I mean, I'm sure Yossi does the same thing as I do. I get the broom, right? I, you know, like like you know, sweeping, like you put all the toys together. Abba's making a pile, guys. If they had a leaf blower powerful enough to blow everything <laughs> to the other side of the room, I would have one of those. <laughs> Here you go. But we get involved. Abba's picking up the tent. So I'm like, okay, guys, I have the magnetars. You guys have the, because to be honest, I, I, I Wait still- a second. Wait a second. But Ari, but Ari, my father never did that. Ah, uh, and guess what? Y'all see, my father didn't do that either. But. But, but, but then how are they going to learn? I, I, they should see their father? Ah, uh, so my answer to that, and I really like this answer. And you were actually on a thing with us with a different rabbi when I gave this answer. My answer to that is, is that we are not our parents. What I mean, yep. now, now let me go a little bit deeper in that. Yes, how many times did mommy and Abba ever go out to a restaurant? Honestly, I remember once. I want to tell you why. I remember once they went out to a restaurant. It was for one of their anniversaries. I think it was a restaurant they went out to. And because when they came back, we made that uh, balloon thing with the stuff falling on them. We made right. a balloon thing for them. Um, I think we got yelled at for staying up too late. But the point is, yeah, never. I didn't never. No, oh, hardly. Yes, how how often did they go on vacation? Never. I, I like, like, like ever. The and kids how, are out of the house right now. I still don't think they go on vacation. Right. And and how many cars did they own? What kind of new clothing did mommy ever go out to get her nails done? Or Friday afternoon. Right before candle lighting, mommy would sit down and do her own nails. Our I'm house just would saying, smell like three things. Moroccan fish, Duncan Hines cake, and my mother's nail polish. Nail polish. That was it. The nail polish is a certain part of the Shabbos smell the Ben Shushan home on Friday afternoon. The Duncan, right? <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> you mommish nailed it. The, the, here you go. And so uh, guys have to understand, our parents, not just, it's not just our parents, parents that we grew up with generally never fargin themselves. That means that they never spoiled themselves. There was a certain amount of self-control that they always had. And so if it was demanded of us to have as much self-control inside cleaning up our own toys, it made sense. It didn't feel like she would miss her. It made sense. Mommy and Abba are in control of their own stuff. I have to be in control of my own stuff. Today, parents by and large are not in control. We spoil ourselves rotten. We go out to restaurants all the time. We take ourselves and our kids to hotels all the time because things have gotten, let's face it, things have gotten cheaper, more accessible. And 
you know, we are this baby boomer kind of a, I don't know, what, what are we, generation, whatever. Yeah. That we're certainly not baby boomers. But I'm, I'm just saying like, right, <laughs> we're baby, not baby boomers, boomers by a long shot. Yeah, they're like, nine, are they 1960s? Yeah, I, I don't know. I would like to think that I have a little bit of. Uh, You're on the ball today. <laughs> the malleable you baby boomers. Confidence. You said it with such confidence. That's, I'm a baby boomer. You just have to have a certain stride in your step when you say things. It's the way that it goes. But whatever generation, you know what? This podcast will live forever. We're a part of all generations. <laughs> But what I mean this is, is that we grew up in a generation and therefore we ourselves, we give ourselves a lot to. And so to show our kids self-control, we're not showing it in our everyday aspect. And our kids, therefore, when they see us telling them, go clean or go do something, right. the lines are crossed. It's a very confusing thing. Right. So right. we have and to get down there with put, them. Right. Which I think pushes us to another uh, point over here that we wanted to get to, which was the building of like a, a self-confidence over there in a kid has a lot to do with this. It has a lot to do with this because otherwise, when you think about it, anything but self-control, anything but self-control and discipline, self-discipline, anything but self-control and self-discipline is really just relying on things outside of ourselves to make ourselves feel better, to make ourselves, this builds or this breaks really self, uh, this breaks self-esteem and it causes them to rely and need everyone and everything around them to serve them in, to a certain degree and when they don't they don't know how to pull themselves out of that building a resilient kid is building a kid who knows how to pull from within who realizes that it's nice to have things but it's not necessary to have things and and that's so important for us to be showing our kids is this idea of self-control, self-discipline is what feels the best. It's what makes you the happiest. And there is, correct me if I'm wrong, Ari, there is, what I've seen, there is only one way. There is only one way to, to instill that. And that is by example. This yep. specifically. The only way. So certain things, certain things your kids are going to be able to get or not get on their own. And, you know, learning specific ways or that maybe they'll take from you. Maybe they won't take from you. Yeah, if they see you learning, you have a much better chance and so on and so on. But this, this, if they see you being a disciplined, calm person, they will grow with that. If they don't, you will not be building that self-esteem. Self-esteem is not clapping every time they walk through the door. Self-esteem is not telling them they're great at something that they're not great at. That's not what self-esteem is. Self-esteem is making them appreciate the work that goes into becoming good at something. Appreciating and valuing what it takes to become something as opposed to saying that, no, you're naturally amazing at that. Absolutely. We, we, we hurt them so badly by doing that, by trying to, 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 to be so specific about... I remember David Kaplan one time... Um, Came, uh, was giving a share, and he said, "This kid, you know, this poor kid, he came in long day a hater in Israel, long day a hater. Comes in, and he puts his mishnayis down. Uh, you know, he's carrying a mishnayis with him, puts his mishnayis down on the table. He goes running into the room to play, and his mother calls after him and yells at him, Get your mishnayis off the table! How many times have I told you to put it on the bookshelf? Get your mishnayis!' Like he's like, just rewind and hear what you're telling the kid. Like, get your mishnayis off the table. Like, when what was the point of the point was cleanliness." Well, how is he going to know to ever put his stuff away? He's going to know. He's going to know. Yeah. D- doing it like that is not is and, not how it's yeah. going to happen. You, know, you wanted the place clean. 
kids kids understand what's right and wrong and it's you're saying leading by example if you want your kids to know that they have to clean off the table so then buy a pizza shop clean off the table yes buy a yes. pizza shop um and i wait for my kids to say but they have somebody who can clean it up i'm like right yep <laughs> you know just just right yes did we ever let kids walk off the bus in Camp Sharim when they came home? If you were ever on Coney Island at 1130 at night when we came back with our buses, this is what you would see. You would see a lineup of parents waiting to pick up their kids. You would see a bus that would pull up and the bus would not open for another few minutes because what happened was either Yossi and I or Yitzi or other people were on that bus. And we said to everybody, to all the kids, and we didn't obviously wait until we got to camp, but we waited until we got to Ocean Parkway, and we said, guys, nobody is getting off this bus until it's as clean as when we got on it. Here's your garbage bags. Let's go. And guys are like, yep. the bus company cleans it up. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yeah, no, but they do. No, no, that could be. But there's a derecheretz over here, meaning that's what it means. I don't need a clean bus. We're at the end of it. Yossi doesn't need to clean. We're at the end of our coming up to camp. But you need to know what it means to clean up what you drop because to have a place in society means that you don't just drop things. You know, I love this Lushan that Israelis have when they come into a house. If their kid leaves open a door, they say, Mazek, Daltal Autobus? Meaning what? Did you grow up on a bus that the door closes behind you automatically? What? Did you grow up with like a maid cleaning up after you? And a lot of our kids used to say, Yeah, yeah, I do. And like, goofa, that's the problem. No, 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 you have to learn. And so you would see the bus literally bounce back and forth with kids complaining, parked over there in front of the camp until we went and picked it up. I got a great story. I have a great story. Yes, we were in camp and um, we were in a hotel because uh, we were spoiled. Let me explain this. Most camps, when they go out, um, they would generally get like a gym floor or they're doing, none of these guys. We needed a bed to sleep in at night. And so- we would just make sure that we always stayed in hotels and not just regular hotels because Yitzi, not saying the last name, we just call him Yitzi. Yitzi um, himself had like enough a points master. <laughs> and enough connections. He'd be like, yeah, uh, we're staying. Uh, let's just see, you know, and, and, and he would just get us to these five star crazy places. Really great, great times. We stayed in this really beautiful hotel once and they set us up a whole breakfast because you get a continental breakfast. So they set us up a whole breakfast and they made sure to get us even kosher food beforehand. It was really nice. So there we are with two coach buses full of kids. That's about 130 kids, um, staff and everything else. And we ate inside their place. And the place is now completely, you know, it's in shambles. Uh, We just completely knocked their place. And the lady who runs the place came out and she was okay. She like, you know, she got it. You know, she wasn't have a problem. I walked up and I said to her, "Um, could you please bring me a lot of garbage bags? She's like, I'm sorry. I said, we want to clean up. She's like, no, no, no. We have a whole custodian staff. Um, you know, we're good to go. I said to her, no, no, no. I said, we have something called chinuch, and that means that my kids clean up after they make a mess. She's like, but we have people hired. I said to her, I want you to stick around. I want you to watch this. I want to make a kiddush Hashem. She got me a whole box of garbage bags. I gave them out to all of the staff, stood up on the chair, and I said, five, four, three, two, one. And I said, guys, the first ones to clean up around the thing, they're going on the bus first. And sure enough, there wasn't a Cheerio left on the floor, cleaned up perfectly about eight garbage bags filled, everything put back, everything pristine. And I went over to her, and the lady was in shock. And I explained to her, it's not that I needed to have a clean hotel. I'm leaving right now. But it's that I need to have children who understand that they clean up when they leave a hotel. When I take my kids to a hotel, stop for vacation, we clean up the room. We clean up the hotel room afterwards. 
because it's derecharts, because that's the way you go about things. You lead, though, by example. When you go and do that, that builds a secure, confident kid who knows what yeah, he's I, doing. I, yeah, I do it with my Talmidim uh, in the classrooms. I do it with my Talmidim. They know that there's a cleaning crew that comes at night, that comes, what it called. But I, they know, like, guys make fun of me all the time. I'm like, in Yeshiva High School of Cleveland, buddy, we clean up after ourselves. Right? We don't wait for someone else because we're mature, we're responsible. I give them a whole, a whole what do you call it? It doesn't matter. If you ate your lunch over there, you clean it up. If you you clean it up, right? It, to the point that I don't know. I, I So it's funny you mentioned that that um, that pizza shop thing because I do the same thing in a pizza shop. And people look at me like I'm crazy. I don't know when, when or why or how we learned this. I think it was more mommy, mommy. Like, the respect of other people. Like you don't have someone else clean you're like for instance i have i have a cleaning lady that comes to our house like once a week or so so uncomfortable it's it's the most uncomfortable thing for me but i have like these garbage cans outside or whatever but i do that part i like i clean out it's disgusting how it gets whatever it's a long story why but i i i do that part and the kids always say they're like why don't why don't you let bethann do that and i was like because this is disgusting bethann should not have to do this like she shouldn't have to do that that's not she's not my dumb like that's not that's not how that works right she shouldn't have to do that to 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 take responsibility in that way for what you are for who you are for it's it's so important it's so important I actually remember I'll I'll show off about you for a second I remember one time we were in Israel and um, I was talking to somebody who was making you a job offer at the time to come to the states I don't think it, it, it you ended up deciding to stay in Israel but I remember to take it and he was talking to me about it and he was talking to me about you and he said you want to know the one thing that that I'm just I'm, I'm over the moon about your brother. I say, yeah. He's like, if it's picking up a mop, if it's giving a share, if it's leading a trip or driving the bus, he's he's ready to do all of it because the whole thing is his. The whole thing belongs to him. I remember in in, in Ruach Haim, sometimes you guys were the cooks. Sometimes the Rebbeim had to make the food. Sometimes Baruch Hashem, I didn't take that job. <laughs> right, yeah. Although it's, I have that job it, now. It, I mean, let's face it, you know, here, here with... But but yeah, I mean, that, that you, it's, it's taking responsibility. It's showing that you can be the gever. Um, in everything. Mm-hmm. So now, yes, okay, we spoke of this part. Now, I think we should talk, though, about the ABCs, though, within the discipline, the Mahalach. Right. Do you, you, know, do you yell at your kid? Do you put him in a corner? Um, how thick of a belt? Right. You know, <laughs> you know but, but, but how do you go about... It's the rule of thumb. Right. So how, how do you go about it? So number one, Step one is you don't have a power struggle with the kids. Kids can out-crazy you all day. And it's beneath you to have a conflict with the kid. Kids get so upset, they pull down shades, they do all these different things. Rav Berkowitz would say, and I believe we discussed this last time by Simcha, but it's worthwhile to repeat and segue into how to do the discipline. And if we didn't, then it's definitely worthwhile to say. If you show your kids that they can get you, if you show your kids that they can do something that can really, so then A, you lack in self-control, and B, you get crazy with them. And now you've gone down into their level. Disciplining your child doesn't mean that now you get a green light to lose your self-control and to yell, uh, God forbid, to hit, or anything along those lines. No, 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 no. You still keep control the whole time. That's step one. Now, the question is, how do you go about it? Now, you need to know that what I'm about to say will work only 
if everything else is secure in the home, if the simcha is secure and you're in self-control the whole time, you're laughing with your kids for the most part. When they walk in, you're giving them confidence. You're cleaning up with the kids. You're pointing out what they're doing well and hoping that they will do better and you're leading by example. Then your kid knows that you're fair. When your child knows that you are fair and that you're not picking on them and you're not doing anything negative to them, and then you say, that's unacceptable. Look, you got to go to your room now for 10 minutes. Sit down, relax in your room for 10 minutes. You come back. This will be waiting for you to clean up. And uh, that's that. Or fighting each other, hitting their brother, something along those lines. And you feel that that is something that's unacceptable. You go up, you stop and say, you don't start to yell and scream at him. Because if you yell and scream, then you lost the self-control over there. It shouldn't be shocking to you. They're kids. But you walk up, you hold them back. If the kid's going crazy, you put them into like a little bit of a beer hug, Rebus and Spetner says, you know, to, to kind of hold them. But then afterwards, you say, you're going into the room. Now, I know parents that they come over to me afterwards and they're like, getting them into their room is impossible. I have to pull them and drag them and throw them and cloying. And again, I started this off with a very specific uh, uh, rule, which is that everything else was happening. There is simcha. There is everything else happening all the time. They know that you're fair. If they're cloying and not going into the room, it's because what you're doing is unfair. And if what you're doing is unfair, it's because they believe they're being treated in a negative way. So then that means that there's something else in the soup that is spoiled over here. So you're coming to try to discipline after you put salt instead of sugar into your coffee. You can't make it better at that point. It's already ruined. Hey, everybody. So thrilled to be doing another season of Two Cents with my brother Yossi. But I got to tell you, there's so much more going on. You need to download that Meaningful Minute app right away, ASAP. You got to do this schnell, as they say in Yiddish. You got to do this right away because there's bonus content and there's so much more content that both Rabbi Yossi and I put up, but there's so much more. I mean, you got to see Rabbi Majeski. I mean, you got to go out there, see Charlie Harari. There's an entire world in that Meaningful Minute app that's going to bring you closer to the Abishta. So please, right now, Get that app, download it, and really enjoy becoming so much closer to Hashem. So I I, I totally agree. Um, I was letting you go over there because I was interested. <laughs> I, I I totally agree. Obviously, there's nothing to really disagree about. We we learned discipline and chenach from the same home and the same rebbeim. So it's. But I, I just want to I I, I want to take it from maybe it's a little bit of a different angle, but just it, more of a commentary on everything that you said. Number one, it's a process. Just because you become calm, and this is just as logical. If I were to say, okay, okay, Ben Shushan is fine. I'm going to start working on being calm and being besimcha. I want to see if it does anything. So I'm sitting in my office right now, right? I'm going to see my kids at some point tonight, I'm sure. From now till then, I worked on my calm and my simcha. Is that going to affect anything in my house? The answer is yes, it, it will, I guess. But but no, <laughs> okay? Nothing happened, right? There's not. That's not how that works. That's not, so, And it's just as logical to say, oh, I didn't do it then. I did it in front of my kids for, for that amount, for hours and hours. No, it's a process. 
It's a process. The one thing I disagree about what you said, and I know you didn't mean it. That's why I just want to bring it up before we get you know hate for it, which is that no, it's not just because you put the sugar in and just because you put the salt in instead of the sugar, it's not ruined. There's always way. Yeah. But you got to backtrack. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. you And you got to start doing it again. Yes. You got to start doing it again. So start doing it now. Oh, it's too late. No, it's not. Start doing it now. Start using it now. Because I'm going to tell you something. And again, you know, I'm being very, uh, I'm being very open today. But, but one of the things that like I struggle with it and I really beat myself up about, I shouldn't beat myself up, but is that when I'm having a bad day, my discipline at home is going to look differently than when I'm having a great one. And that is sad because that means it has nothing to do with my kids. And how does it, how does my discipline at home look? How does my discipline at home look when I'm having a good day? I'm so calm. I laugh at it with them. I'm able to gently pick him up and give him a beer hug if he needs that. I'm reading a book for a little bit longer. And when I'm having a bad day, who made this mess? Who made this mess? Right? It's the same mess that was the other day before. Nothing has changed. The kids have been home all day. It's snowing. They, right? Someone threw the Legos too far across the room. You know, what, what are you doing? No, it's inside of you. And when you squeeze yourself, you, that, you're, you're, that, that's what's coming out of you. You're, you're, you're going crazy. So number one, I, I try to mentally explain to myself when I want to blow up or when I do get angry, you know it's not about them. What are you doing? You know you're stressed right now and you know you're upset and you know, and you know it has nothing to do with them. They're the easiest target. Is that what it is? You will immediately pull yourself out of it when you think you're a child abuser, okay? <laughs> when you think that you're, you will immediately be like, no, who's recording this? Like, you know, you know that you're... Um, but so you said be fair. So be fair. Yes, 100%. By my, my, my way of being fair, choose your battles. What's important to you? And by the way, anything, does, anything's allowed. Let's say a clean house is really important for you. Let's say, let's say a clean house is what's important for you. And you, you, you desperately need that in order to function. You just, you can't without that. And so, so choose that. Choose that. But then when they get into a fight with each other, that, that can't be your thing now. I'm just bringing up examples, right? That When I mean by that can't be your thing, I mean that can't be the thing that you're ultra strict about. Or when they're not doing their homework on time. Or when they uh, stayed out too late. Or whatever it is, that can't be your... Now, choose your battles is important. But don't become overly, right? I, I've heard this line from so many people. My kids know they can, they can do this, they can do this, they can... But they have to tell the truth. Now, that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. It really is. Number one, it's very dangerous. It's very dangerous because if you ever lie and your kids see you do it, they have no idea what to believe anymore. If you have like this one mountain you stand on and yell from, they don't know what to do about it. And and men out there, if it's it's davening, that you're like, you have to... let them know. They don't have to become Rosh Hashivas. And I've heard this one a thousand. But you got to be in shul for Shacharis every day. You got to be. So you go to shul. You're in shul for Shacharis. And you're, and you're talking during davening. Or you're this. Or you're that. Because like, is this important or not? What part was important? Did I show up with you? Was that, what, was that, was that the key here? Because they're, they're going to be learning from. So before we take too harsh of a stance on anything, it's not what we say. It's how we do it. Yeah, we make now, things root. Yeah. I I. I I did want to say, um, and and I, I don't want 
Meaning, I'll, a lot of times I, I remember people saying, okay, so what do you do? Meaning, you know, give me a practical, like, what do you do? So this is what Rev Berkowitz said, and I've tried to train myself. I can't say I do this all the time. I'm not perfect. Um, but uh, he said that you learn to laugh. Meaning, and I think we said this last time, but it comes back to this basic again, which is that no matter what crazy thing that they do, you learn to laugh. Uh, Rev Berkowitz had, he had the example of once his child got so angry, his 10-year-old, his 12-year-old, he pulled the hinges off the door. In Israel, you can pull it off easily. They just, the kid yeah. pulled the hinges. Yeah, they just turn and come off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the kid got so upset, he just pulled the hinges off the door. And Roberto's wife was standing there. Story, yeah. They both just started laughing. Him and his wife just started laughing. And then the kid just started laughing. And that was it. And the whole, now, Roberto said, ah, oh, but you have to tell the kid that's, uh, one second, uh, it, it's not a thing. It's not accepted. You pull hinges off. So maybe in Israel it is. People get into fights and they pull off hinges. No, no, no. I'm saying, of course, but the kid also knows he did something wrong. And by the way, you uh, can wait with it. Meaning the kid hops, he did something wrong. So if you start yelling, screaming, and everything else, that's it. He got you. So you laugh. Like you did a ridiculous thing. Now, how, uh, how do you laugh? So this is what he said. If you are by somebody else's house eating there on Shabbos. There you go. If you're by somebody else's house eating on Shabbos. Because you don't want it to be a condescending laugh. Ah, you don't want it to be that you're making fun of him. That's not no, what you're doing. It's genuinely something hilarious. The kid just pulled the thing off. Right. Meaning if you're sitting by somebody else's house on Shabbos and that other person, the people you're by, their child got so upset that their child pulled the door off the hinges, you'd be laughing your head off like, <laughs> oh my gosh, you just pulled it off the hinges. You would laugh. I, I'm just, so... The situation is something where you can de-escalate it, and now instead of getting upset, you laughed. Then afterwards, you right. tell them, you know, there are certain things that right. we don't do. Fine. But you didn't come down to the kid's level. The kid sees that you have this armor around you that the kid cannot penetrate, that you just don't get upset. Begin to learn to laugh at everything that we have. Begin to learn 100%. to laugh Begin to learn to laugh at everything that we have. Yes, I think we only have like a minute. Wow, this one flew by. Right. We only have like this a minute or two left. So, so I, let's I both just start say, off with an idea. Go. Yeah, I just want to say, I want to say one point because this is also a question I got a lot in Chenach and, and really you could do a whole thing on this, but let's just jump in for it for one second. You, you got to realize something. I, I, I got to realize something. Everyone's got to realize something because um, I get a lot from people like, well, if I'm not strict on him, uh, not missing davening, how is he going to ever know it's, por- it's, it's important? Your kid knows it's important. Your kid knows that you feel it's important. Your kid knows that. They they have that in their head. How will they ever know that lying's bad? They know that you don't approve of that. They know that you love them. They know you love them, hopefully, but they know you want them to be a from Jew who goes to shul, who does well, who uh, they know these things. Once they once they know these things already, they don't think that you're okay with it. When they see you being okay with it, they think you're understanding of them. They think you get what it is that they're going through. Now, that is the highest level of that process, is that your children understand, to feel that you understand them. Now you become their confidant. Now you become something big for them. Now you become something, you know, uh, 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 strong for them. And again, like what we were saying before, it's the whole, it's not discipline and then, well, let's work on discipline. Let's work on calm. Let's work on, we got to work on the whole. So what that looks like is, again, you know, I'm going to be uh, open here. Um, you know, the other night, I, I, one of my kids was just acting up and terrorizing one of the other kids. So I grabbed him and I had to put him on the side. And I felt like maybe I grabbed him 
too quickly. Maybe it scared him a little bit. And and I, I, I raised my voice at him. So I felt maybe that was, I felt bad about it. And I'm, I was just thinking through like how not to do that next time and, and how I could repair. And then about 15 minutes later, I'm sitting with him on the couch, that the child that I had to remove. And I'm sitting with him on the couch and I'm reading a book to him. And he was calm and he was laughing and he was playing with my beard. And and I, I realized I was like, wow, he's fine. And then I, I understood that, yeah, he's fine because this is the norm, not that. This is the norm. Sitting here, reading a book, hanging out, that's the norm. The grabbing him and what do you call it? That's not the norm for him. So you can balance it out. We have room to mess up as long as we have the presence of that calm and the presence of that simcha and the presence of the whole. It's not working on discipline through a keel. It's not working on discipline as a pinpoint and working on this as a pinpoint, working on this as a pinpoint. It's working on the raising as a whole. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I want to finish off just saying to everybody that, um, um, like what you corrected me before and I'm happy that you did. This is a process. Kids are malleable. (laughs) And what that means is, (laughs) is that you could go back and you could make it work. You can start it today. You know, everybody talks about what they want to accept on themselves. Yes. Everybody talks about like what Kabbalah they want to have. (sighs) You can daven from Birchan Amazon. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Right. Uh, you can go to Shachos earlier. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. But if you want your whole life to change around, meaning if you want to have the ability to daven from a bencher and get up earlier and have Shalom Bias and everything else, there's one underpin. Simcha in the home. Simcha in the home keeps you calmer. Simcha in the home allows for you to have everything else. Simcha in the home is going to be, now I know this isn't about simcha, it's about discipline, but everything else comes from it. Learn to laugh at everything. Be sure that from all the discipline that you are doing, it's not too harsh. It's not too much of a push. Be sure not to threaten with things that you can't follow up on. Don't say what you can't do. Don't hunt what you can't kill. Meaning that if you say you're going to do it, then you have to follow through so your child will feel secure and be be very careful with what you say you're going to do then to make sure that you could follow through. You want to have secure children, but ultimately it all starts out with simcha. All right, everybody. It has been wonderful. Baruch Hashem. Thank you, Yossi. What an say, awesome season. I, what an I, awesome season. I, I want to say I thank you to Yossi Ben Shishan. That's it. Yeah. There you go. I would like to thank my older brother, Ari. See you that? Know? That's, uh, it, we, you, really, you really fed me good lines. Yossi, you, you, you did a good... I'm proud of you, kiddo. <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you to Nachi Gordon. And one second, I'd like to thank Chazak, who gives me the ability to teach all this Tyra. Yossi, who would you like to thank? I would like to thank Yeshiva High School of Cleveland who lets me do this <laughs> instead of my real job. <laughs> there you go. And Baruch Hashem, um, Bezat Hashem, we hope that for the next season, um, we hope to be doing it in Yerushalayim, Irakadish with Mashiach. Irak thank you, everybody, Amen. and have a great day. I'm Ari Ben Shushan. Take care. It's my brother Yossi Ben Shushan. This has been the Two Cents Podcast.